Welcome to the third episode of Passion and Purpose. Um, we've got total number total of number episode eight. eight. Yeah, episode eight. Um, we've got a couple people here with us. Um, Bink uh, obviously uh, is here with us and is going to be talking about a number of different things that I'm excited to uh, share with you all. But we've also got um, a friend of ours, uh, Adam McCravey's here. Adam, how are you doing? Uh, hi, I'm doing great. Um, and. The other person, I think he just, he snuck, just he <laughs> snuck in. I mean, he actually just snuck in and then he, had to set up a mic. He just keeps coming back. I don't know. I mean, uh, special know. guest Brennan Riddle back for his, you know, of our eight episodes. I think this is number what five for you? Three or four? I don't know. Four. This is four. So this be this will be half. Well, and you, I know it drives uh, being crazy. Pretty much just sneak sneak in here every single time. Well, guys, let's just go ahead and get started. Um, we'll introduce Adam a little more later, but we're just gonna we gotta get warmed up. All right. Um, however, I was thinking about questions for today in my 30 seconds of planning before we start. And I realized my least favorite question of all time, I haven't asked, so I've got to ask it. Um, we haven't really talked about it either. That doesn't hang together, by the way. It, There's no reason you have to ask I your least, ask favorite my least favorite question. <laughs> what do you do for a living? We have never talked about that so far in our eight episodes. Don't go super into detail, but just like, what do you do for a living? Like, what do you do to pay the bills? Is it, it am I going to go first on this one? Sure. Um... I work at a real estate development today. What, what now? I work at a real estate development company. Okay. And I coach. Nice. Yeah, you get paid to coach. That's awesome. I coach swimming full time as well. And just to be clear, that's up on the pool deck. I feel like I tell people that, and they assume that I'm in the water, like teaching lessons. But no, See, this is walk and when shout. When you said up on the pool deck, I then got confused. Oh. <laughs> I, I did not know what that meant. I know. I think, that, yeah, I just kind of dug myself in more of a hole there. All right. So you're up on the pool deck coaching. Up on the pool full deck time. coaching full time, including Bank right over there. He's yeah, probably a actually tired. Uh, coached me this morning. Oh, wow. So you do like personal coaching on the side as well? Yeah. If Bink buys me breakfast, I do. Okay, cool. Adam, what do we so let you come Bink's on the coach. podcast? Yeah, he's my yeah. He's, he's Bink's my coach. coach yeah. But, okay, hold on. Awesome. And you coach for like leagues in town, right? <laughs> leagues. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's USA called. swimming, the year round team. But oh. down in Murfreesboro. USA swimming like the yeah. USA team. No. <laughs> nah, just <laughs> no, governing He's behind. got this shirt on right now. Yeah. Excel Aquatics. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm Bink's coach, what mentor, spiritual leader. No. All those. What no. age groups do you coach? Uh, anywhere. I personally do about 13 to 18 years old. And then wow. I've got assistants who do the younger kids because I don't have the patience for it. One of your assistants is Bink. Because Bink, what, what age group do you coach? No, I'm not one of his assistants because um, he actually coaches at a different site. Uh, okay. Yeah, so maybe if I was coaching his his site, then maybe, yeah. I'd actually be happy to be his and you assistant. Coach he, what, he's a great coach. What age? Thank you. Uh, nine and ten-year-olds. Nice. All right, Adam, what and do you do? And they are very, very fast. What do you do for a living? I work full-time for a Christian ministry called Young Life. Um it's uh, mostly an outreach ministry that works with high schoolers. There are some other programs that work with middle schoolers and college students, but it's primarily focused on high schoolers. That's awesome. Um, well, we're excited to have you. Um, 
No, I also work uh, for a commercial real estate company. <laughs> the same, the same uh, job I work, that I trained you. <laughs> you did not train me. That's a bold I did. statement. Uh, but yes, I work with Bank. Uh, we, we Internship, didn't mention, I took you under my wing. We did mention that in like episode two or three that we worked together. Maybe it was the first one. I don't yeah, remember. Now you've become a budding real estate leasing a agent. A end real estate? No. <laughs> I said budding, you idiot. Oh, a budding Like a flower. Estate. Yeah, yeah, got it. So I am I am flourishing right now. That's great. Well, uh, next question. Um, what do you enjoy spending money on the most? Like, what's one thing that you just like really enjoy travel, spending money on? For sure, travel. I actually, okay. oh my, yeah. God. It, so tr- uh, yeah, for definitely travel. I actually got a Southwest credit card, and uh, I that was an obsession for a week. You tried to get me on your Southwest for a I've long gotten, time. I've actually got somebody, and I got free 10,000 bonus points. Wow, dude. I'm so impressed. I love it. I mean, I seriously, uh, I try to get that. Actually, so I try to, I, I failed twice at getting it, and it's not. <laughs> like they wouldn't give you a credit card? Yes. <laughs> well, the, the second time was because my identity got stolen. That's a problem. Yeah, I got the first my, time was because of your credit score. Well, first time was because I didn't have any credit to begin with. I just was a person with no credit. And so I had to get the little SunTrust thing, you know, the secured savings, whatever, credit card. You're talking built. to me like that's like a standard for every human, that if well, they have you, no credit, did you, you have not to get do a it? SunTrust. You no. did it. No, I did not. And not SunTrust, but you did Who it with your is, bank. I don't have you did Franklin Synergy. No, I did this, like a normal credit card. Okay, whatever. doesn't matter. I still – I. We are so off topic. So you love to travel and you love your Southwest credit card. That's yeah, and fantastic. Then, and it gets me places. Wow. On the, That's on the planes. You just quoted Southwest. their ad. All right. Hey, Brennan, what you I got? Don't, uh, mine is food. Uh, but not, I mean, obviously food is a necessity, but I'm talking about like. Nice food. Yeah. Like food I don't need to go get when I can easily just go grocery shop. Uh, Bink does this a lot to me. You, know, you want to go out to go eat. Um, I don't need to, so, you know, I 100% blame you for that. Wait, where was the place that we went the other day that was so good? Uh, Hugh Babies. Hugh Babies. <laughs> uh, if anyone from Hugh Babies is listening, or Southwest, just, if you want to, if you want to jump it on It was so podcast. good, I literally had to go get another burger and fries. What is Hugh Babies? Hugh Babies oh, is a... and fries. Yeah. yeah. I got a burger and fries, and then it was so good, I finished it, and I went back and got another one. That sounds like the most bank thing ever. He got the exact same meal. He got a like a barbecue burger, so burger with like pulled pork on top, order of fries. He gets up, and I think he's just like maybe getting a refill. He comes back with a receipt <laughs> yeah, for the re- exact same meal. Like on- <laughs> exact same meal, yeah. Got a refill on food. Yeah. Refilled the plate. Yeah. All right, Adam, what do you enjoy spending money on the most? Uh, I'm, it, it's, it's, I'm going to be completely honest. This is self-disclosure. If my wife ever listens to this, like she will laugh and, and back this up. Um, retirement like that is what i love spending my money on dude you're 25 Um, i like i like putting money into retirement i like making extra mortgage payments like i am i'm a miser to the extreme finally Um, which works out really well because my wife at least by my estimation is an extravagant lavish spender so we balance each other like i'm the voice of reason in our family and then she pulls me back down to like a baseline that is amazing. When I'm not spending money on retirement, I also like spending money on food. Like, if you're going to get me to spend extra money on something, food is probably the easiest thing to get me to gotcha. do that on. If uh, you want a Southwest credit card <laughs> referral... Oh, Elizabeth you, already has one of those. Okay, well, if anybody else out there does, then I will refer you and we'll get points together. That's great, man. Well, we're really making money here on the podcast. <laughs> 
Um, dang, I, Adam, I can appreciate that. Yeah, a lot. That, that was a uh, not expected. I probably need to let go of it a little bit. Like I'm, I'm, I don't spend very much money. You're like one of those guys that like Dave Ramsey's gonna use as his like example. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, I would do hey, a good job at that. This is how you do it. It's snowball effect. That's um, whose podcast I'm actually on next. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, you were. You cost, that's a lot of money to get you on here. So um, let's Cup see. Of what, do I, what do I enjoy? I, I mean, food is a dumb answer, but I love it. Like, I, that's what everybody. <laughs> well, no offense, uh, Brennan. Like, or, it's dumb or meaning, or like, I want to say that because I do that, but I just feel like that's lame. I, I think. Uh, you know what? It, it is definitely taking my wife out on dates. We spend a decent amount. I mean, like, our main extracurricular spending, if I can use the word like that, is going on dates. Okay. Otherwise, I am. Best I answer. So, sure, buddy. What do you do on those dates? What do you buy on those no, dates? No, like food. I mean, food I, is, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why I didn't say it. But, yeah, I mean, it's usually going out to eat somewhere or, like, okay. going to a cool experience, like, uh... Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? No, nobody wants right. to stand up for clothes. Nobody's just spending their extra money on nice clothes. Uh, if you look at Bink, he definitely Bro. is not spending money on nice clothes. <laughs> um, okay, anyways, uh, kind of last question, uh, wrapping up this first section because we've been going long, which I love. Uh, it's it's good to have everybody here. Um, Thanks, buddy. All right, this one's a bit tougher, so good luck because there was zero prep for this, but what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Okay. Let's see. Does this go for my hardest question yet, Bing? This could be a very difficult question. Um, it's definitely, I, I want to say it's got to be something um, from my father for sure at some point in my life. I, you know, one quote that comes to my mind, even though I'm not in a relationship at all. <laughs> so you just but told he our always, entire viewership I, that you were single. Yes, so I am single. Good but, to know. But my dad always um, would tell my sisters and like my brother I mean even me for sure and then also my friends that were had were having um relationship issues and if they if they ended up breaking up he was like whatever you know don't fall back on failure you know like mm. don't basically don't settle if it failed that one one time and this was back in high school he's like don't fall back on that you know if if there was a split that like really made you guys split you know um I thought that was, failure. you know, sage, wise advice. Sage. <laughs> I like it. Your dad um, is super wise. Yeah, and then I think the, uh, you know, obvious, you know, kind of cliche line is be all there, and that's from my mom, you know, and my dad. You know, be present in what you're doing. Be all there. Um, and then probably the funny line that I struggle with most, but it's actually very, um, I don't know, kind of major breaking the rules here but my yeah, mom would always say something to brennan about how this is just um, so typical i was gonna say did you say piece of advice <laughs> yep. or yeah. pieces exactly uh is it's okay to throw away she would always kind of like sing that as melody it's okay hoarder? to throw away um uh, <laughs> can i step in on that <laughs> yeah we're gonna move on to you brennan anyway so just go ahead yeah ask me about like the 30 minutes before this podcast when bank asked me to help him lift something out of his car which happened to be about 80 pounds of trash. So, yeah. It's okay to I, throw away. I would away, say, baby. yeah, it is okay to throw away. And you should have thrown something away in, like, the last five years out of your car. That was gross. <laughs> I have taken care of the mechanics of my car. That's in the last, like, week and a half. Anyways, Brendan, what, what's the best piece of advice that you can think of? It, you're not locked into this for the rest of your life. Like, this is your answer, but just uh, off the top yeah. of your head. 
Um, well, so from my dad, and I, this is actually recent advice, and it's more just like to keep in mind, uh, has been faithful, not fearful. And I think we've, we may have talked about this yeah, on the podcast like a couple that, weeks ago. Yeah. I know I've told it to you where it's just like when things are getting crazy, just don't panic, stay. And I'm, I'm kind of like the stress-free child of the family anyways. Like I think they'd say I was pretty chill about things, but just letting go of things, not being a control freak, hands off the wheel and, and just having faith that it, that it works out. And I've found that, especially with the last couple of years, that it's really helped me to like mellow out about things a yeah, lot. That, that that's a throwback to our first series of fear and anxiety, where we talked about being faithful yeah. first. You know, not yeah. not as a last resort. Anyways, uh, Adam, what you got? Yeah, best piece of advice was to switch from a traditional to a Roth four hundred one k. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it's a good piece of advice, though. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. If you're out there listening. Um, <laughs> run to the sound of the guns is the phrase that the person put it in. It's actually, you know him, Garrett, Steve Tillerose, who mm. was a person who like discipled me when I was in college, yeah. uh, really taught me how to be a Young Life leader and how to be on Young Life staff, um, and also just how to follow Jesus. I mean, this was all happening during college. What he meant by that phrase, he, you know, he had this story that went with it. Um, the story goes like this. You know, his point was like, hey, when whenever – the allies like invaded france during world war ii you know this massive plan tons of people are going to land on the beach nothing went right everybody ended up being in the wrong place and all of their maps were off and their plans were off and then somehow it all still worked out um like we we still won that battle won that war and then the, the rhetorical question like how the answer being everybody just ran towards the sound of the guns mm-hmm. like once the plan had kind of gone out the window then the plan become to just became to move towards the the greatest need, um, and that is what he meant by the phrase. Like yeah. the principle is move towards the point of need, move towards where you see uh, hurt or pain or whatever, and that's that's your compass, that's your north star. Yeah, dang, that's really good. I like that. Uh, well, I'll answer my own question, then we'll get moving into our main topic for the day of passion and purpose, but. Um, Adam, I think you're probably going to kind of laugh at this. Uh, it's the first thing that popped in my head, and I give this advice to literally everyone all the time. And it's actually a <laughs> it's an open motto of the fraternity that Adam and I were in. Oh, man. And it is kalepatakala, which is Greek for not without labor, which is better translated as, in my opinion, anything worth having is worth working for. Um, I give that advice to, like, everyone I meet. I've spoken at Lambda Chi, like, pref parties and everything, and I always bring up that motto because for some reason it had such, like, a profound impact on the way I thought about what I did Um, because there was a lot of time that I spent in high school doing things that, spending a lot of time with things that just weren't worth having. Um, And then sometimes I felt entitled for things that were worth having that I didn't really feel like putting in the work for. Um, and just that simple motto kind of changed my perspective on, on things like that. And I just started putting all of my effort in towards things that, you know, were worth having. Um, and so I always tell people to, um, focus on that when they're thinking about, Hey, I really want to be this or do this. And like, it's going to take effort because anything that's worth having is worth putting the effort towards. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, anyways, really, that's really good. I like that one. Well, yeah. you should have joined our fraternity in college. Sorry. No. Um, no. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a perfect segue. Uh, into, well, actually, oh gosh. the um, yeah, I did want to say the something came to my mind while y'all were talking is very quickly. Um, 
my mom and my dad also gave this advice is finish what you started like finish like whatever you start finish that's you good know? that's good advice now that is your fourth piece of advice that you've shared with us but I well you guys it. made me go first which gave me more time to think about how well <laughs> you guys did on your pieces of wisdom yeah ma- mathematically whether you go first or last i think you have the same <laughs> amount of time thinking that we it doesn't work yeah i'm right <laughs> anyways uh hey we'll move on um bink i, I kind of want to just start with um since this is, this is our kind of final session of passion and purpose i wanted to kind of start with you finishing up your story from last time um talking about um how you had put your well, really found your passion and purpose, both of those actually in a place. Um, and we're kind of trying to figure out uh, what it looked like to not be in that place. Um, you kind of found yourself in a pretty dark hole. <clears throat> and so I wanted to give you a chance to kind of finish up that story um, before we move on to Adam and otherwise. Um, yeah, so, you know, we finished up last week kind of talking about how I was coming out of this really dark depression um, from my junior year of college, and at that point, I actually had I was I came out of Haiti like 180 pounds, and then I like five six months later I was 220, you know, and, and I was really in a dark place, and kind of like over the next year, I really kind of stayed in that dark place, but wanted out. So at one point I had gone to um, I gone on a trip and I I remember being on that trip and thinking I am not who I want to be at all like I'm not being a light you know to the people around me and you know I I just saw that I was just a part of you know everything that I had originally not wanted to be a part of you know still having a great time and and having um, had good friends. But it just was like, I, I am not achieving what I wanted to do in life right now at all. So I got, I was really blessed um, by one of my friends, uh, Matt Spence, um, and he had asked me to live with him senior year of college with um, five other guys. So there were seven of us. And all these guys were um, very strong believers and followers of Christ, and that was like an answer to my mom's prayers, my grandmother's prayers, so many different prayers of the fact that I got to be in that setting and I still was kind of in that dark place, still struggling with habits, but they just loved me so well that it started to kind of reinvigorate my relationship with Christ. Like I was like, God, you are hearing me in this, That's awesome. you know? And during that time, um, I got to see, God show me, you know, or, or I don't even know, guide me to, um, a a purpose in writing this book that I've written now. And through that, I realized that it's going to require an extreme amount of focus and letting go of distractions and also getting back to know who God is, you know, in prayer and reading the word, if I want to achieve this purpose, um, and on top of that, as I was growing in that relationship and out of these bad habits and out of this darkness um, in senior year of college, I saw that I would have to also be very passionate about this and passionate about you know even the people around me in order to to do this. And um, so senior year of college kind of ends, and 
that getting out of college, once I got out of college, I started working here at uh, South Star with um, Glenn and Glenn, which again was another just huge answer to prayer. Yeah. And it allowed me, or it facilitated me to be able to continue chasing um, this dream or this passion that had developed into passion. And it really brought me out, you know, from, you know, the depths of darkness. That's awesome. Thank you for kind of sharing that. And uh, I wanted to jump ahead and we'll come back to this at, towards the end. And, and Brennan, I want to have you finish up some things towards the end, but I wanted to go ahead and jump towards Adam. Um, Adam is our special guest. Really never introduced him because that's not how we do it around here. Um, but I would like to give just a little bit of background on how we know him. Um, he mentioned this earlier, but and I mentioned it, but Adam and I actually went to uh, school together at Union uh, University for college and um, we're in the same fraternity and knew each other to a degree, but not super, super close. I started doing Young Life right after he left um, college, and Adam came back here, and he'll tell his story, but now works for Young Life here and leads Young Life at uh, Ravenwood, where both Bink and I also lead Young Life. So um, kind of reconnected through that. And um, Adam, thanks again for joining us today. And Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Excited and I, to be I, here. I wanted to hear, because um, Bink and I both kind of look at you as somebody that um, – and you even said this before we, we started today that you kind of found um, Young Life in college and that's really what you did, right? Like that's something that you yes. spent all your time doing, which is awesome. Yeah, it was um, the thing I found myself skipping class to go do more of. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like those are the, the, the passions that we find or like drive us are the things that we are willing to skip other things for, right? Like, I mean, that, I talked about that with Frisbee and, um, you know, I would throw like three hours a day and, you know, I'd skip a class to go play a game or something if we wanted to. And it's just something I, you know, was really passionate about. Um, but it wasn't necessarily my purpose. My purpose wasn't, wasn't to play Frisbee. But in Young Life, and Adam, I just kind of wanted you to start um, wherever you want to start in your story um, and kind of talk about um, passion and purpose and what those mean to you. But um, right before you start, Bink, a friend of the show texted you and um, sent a message about passion. And and Adam, when you start, I, I'd love to just hear your opinion on this text and also just what the difference between passion and purpose is. Because uh, Bink and I have been using them sort of interchangeably. Um, and then we talked about last time this um, originally I had a Venn diagram of passion and purpose and they overlapped in that kind of middle areas where you want to be. And then I was thinking, thinking, no, really, like passion's like bu- a bucket and purpose is like the cup inside the bucket. I don't know. I was trying to put an analogy to it. And then the friend of the show sent this. If Pink, you want to read this out. Yeah. So this is from Kevin Stoffer. Um, and he's, it, it's his hot take on it. So passions are the wheel to our purpose in life. Be careful which one you choose because they may take you on a path that ultimately destroys your purpose. Not all passions are wise. Yeah, he said the wheels, right? Of is that what he said? The wheels or the wheel? Like the steering. passions are the wheels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something that kind of carries forward that that purpose. But wanted to give get your idea of what the difference is, and then you yeah, can kind yeah. of jump into your story. Uh, passion and purpose. I mean, my mind immediately jumped to purpose. Seems like it deals more with direction. Mm where you're going um passion seems more like it's the energy behind that direction or the degree to which you're pursuing that direction so this is i mean it's fresh in my mind i had a conversation with with a guy who i work with yesterday um and he was literally talking about like feeling a lack of passion or a lack of energy like his direction is the the same right like he is doing this mission but in the last couple of months has felt a waning or a lacking of 
passion. So that's that kind of gave me the interesting the thought for like one is the one is the if we're going to stick with the car analogy like the steering wheel or the wheels like where it's taking you. That's that's purpose. Passion is more like the engine, like the thing that gives it go. Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, and no, I, it, really I'm good. not trying to like elevate my own analogy here, but you could say the same for the bucket and the cup because even if the bucket does drain. The cup itself's not going to drain, right? The cup still sits inside the bucket and it still holds its water, even if the bucket drains out and your passion is gone. Your purpose is still there in that yeah. passion, but yeah, got a lot. Anyways, con- continue, Adam. Yeah, so um, we'll come we'll come around to purpose um, and passion and young life, but I, so I have all these thoughts in my head that are all triggered after listening to Bink's story. Um, so I mean, the story goes back obviously to the beginning of my relationship with Jesus. Um, and that's where the passion for young life or ministry comes out of. So relationship with Jesus, uh, I got to take it back to middle school. So the story really begins in middle school when my parents had a divorce, um, which was just a really, really awful divorce. Um, and like I can remember as a middle schooler, like praying that they would just finally like sign the dang divorce papers. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. It, I mean, it was just it, middle school was a dark, dark dark time very depressed um you know summer between seventh grade and eighth grade it's like I lost like 30 35 pounds um that I didn't really have to lose like I I was real skinny when I went into eighth grade um which the divorce happened in seventh grade so and that's just depression and like losing interest in eating um kind of rolls into freshman year when people ask me what freshman year of high school was like I don't remember doing or saying or thinking anything just like completely numb I don't think that I talked to anybody when I was a freshman in high school uh just in the throes of depression uh from there you take takes you into sophomore year um which is where I got my car keys right you start to drive when you're 16 sophomore year of high school right right and I just and I still look back I mean I look back on this with a lot of sadness like it's a really hard thing to think about but it also makes sense in the moment I mean I just medicated really hard um you know sophomore year and junior year was uh, you know pretty much intoxicated most days if it was a weekend you know I, I was the person at the party who would be like blackout drunk um and then during the week when we would have school I would just smoke a lot of weed um so yeah pretty much pretty much just a couple years long of intoxication um so yeah, it was a really in crisis period of my life. Um, story takes a turn when I met this guy named Dan Hodges, um, who was not a who was not a young life leader. But this is going to come back around to young life. Dan went to my high school. Uh, he was a senior when I was a sophomore. He was two years older than me, um, and he became the person who introduced me to Jesus. Uh, the way that our friendship started, I was in a park one night called Liberty Gardens, which is a very important place in my life. Um, it's where this story I'm about to tell you happened. It's also where I went on my first walk with my would-be wife on our first date. It's where I proposed to her. Uh, park's really important. Um, and that started with this story. So I was in this park in my hometown, about 15 of us, and we're sitting in a gazebo passing around joints because um, this was almost 10 years ago. So technology was different you still had joints um and and there's there's one guy in the circle who i don't really know that well i mean i recognized him it's dan but he was older than me but i saw him around at school and he wasn't smoking like every time the joint would get to him he would just pass it to the next person 
which struck me as very strange, obviously. We finish. We're walking back to our cars. Somehow I end up in his car. I don't really know how that happened. I was stoned. Um, but we end up in just just his car, like just me and him. He had this really cool, like, 2000 white Land Cruiser. And uh, at some point, I, after I got comfortable in the conversation, I asked him, like, why didn't you smoke? And then he said what I still count to be, like, the most important words of my life that anyone has ever said to me because it would begin eventually my relationship with Jesus. He said, man, I've been down that road and I found out that there's nothing good down it. But people told me that before I went down the road and I didn't believe him. I had to find out for myself and you probably will too. That's just fine. I'll be here the whole time. That's what this guy said to me, like the first night we had ever really been friends. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was just just what was like crashing into my life in that moment through those words was God's grace. Um, and, and it's still amazing that Dan said that as a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old because the words were so perfect, right? Like he wasn't condoning what I was doing. He really wasn't – he wasn't pulling any punches. Like he was very clear that it was wrong and that there would be consequences and that I would regret all of these decisions. Um, but was also like kind and gentle and – gracious in the middle of all of it uh so that started our friendship which then lasted the next two years um and really would be the friendship that like showed me who god is and how god feels about me through the way that dan treated me um so i mean he was just kind of the definition of like an amazing friend um for the next two years, like he, he would be a person who I, I would call like at 1 a.m. from a party when I was too hammered to drive home, and like he would drop whatever he was doing or literally leave his house to come out and pick me up. Um, and then he, you know, sometimes he would bring his girlfriend with him so that she could drive my car and like follow us. And then they would, I know it's kind of funny to think about, it. they would stop a couple blocks from my house so that I could get out and go get in my car and like drive into my driveway like I had driven home. Um, wow. Yeah. And he was friend there. He was a great, he was a great friend. And he also like asked me questions about my parents' divorce and like set up a lot of late nights in that same park. That's where we always end up hanging out late at night. Um, listening to me talk about my parents' divorce and, and air these feelings. So he was an amazing friend the entire time he was talking about Jesus. Um, I mean, I have really clear memories of sitting in his land cruiser, smoking Marlboro Lights, listening to John Piper sermons. Um, <laughs> I know, it's a very fun... I was drunk, like half drunk. He picks me up from a party. We're sitting in this park. I'm smoking a cigarette. We're listening to John Piper. Like, it's very humorous when you think about That's it. That's crazy. Wow. Um, but that was the beginning of my, the, my relationship with Jesus. Like, those were the roots of it. Um, and that, and that, that was Dan's purpose. I mean, he was trying to talk to me about God and trying to talk to me about Jesus over these couple of years of friendship, like, I'm trying to think about the right way to say this. It started with me encountering this love in Dan, but that love was Jesus's love coming through Dan from God living inside of Dan. And that, I, I realized that. Like, by the end of yeah. these two years of friendship, Dan had pointed to Jesus enough that, you know, Dan went off to college and, like, ended up fading out of my life and... But what I was left with was like a relationship with Jesus who he had been introducing me to and connecting me to for the last couple of years. Wow. That's, that's awesome. 
that's that's really really that's cool incredible. just to be able to see a guy like that step in and show you you know what Christ's love look looks like uh, in a very real way that is much more than him just telling you right um, I mean how more of like Jesus is that than than just being there in in the brokenness I mean how many times did we see that in the Bible you know of Jesus just entering brokenness um, that's really really cool um, continue I mean you keep keep sharing if you've got more about kind of yeah. as you kind of came into your own in your own faith and um, mm. started kind of seeking out like hey what did you actually want to start doing with your life how did, right. how did that kind of follow suit yeah that all kind of brings me to the end of high school like those two year period where I was meeting Jesus through this friendship all that had kind of come to a conclusion during my senior year um, I had you know started to follow Jesus um, which also looked like beginning to figure out how to be sober and all that kind of stuff uh, now I haven't talked about a young life much so I was involved in young life I had a young life leader his name was Brad he was awesome truthfully he was not the like defining friendship that that showed me who Jesus was that was Dan but Young Life did play this incredibly important role of it did give me a model or a template for like this is how you follow Jesus Uh, it looks like this like Young Life leaders my Young Life leader uh, being sacrificial giving of themselves pursuing high school students all these things that Dan had been doing to me like the definite I mean Dan was an amazing Young Life leader even though he didn't really have that title because he was in high school. Um, but he was doing the same thing. I mean, and it's all following the same model, like the way that Jesus loved and treated people. So when I wash up in college, I'm a freshman. I'm starting to read the Bible. I started in the book of Psalms. I can still remember that. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. It's like young life is this, oh, those people know how to do it. Like I, that, that, that's something over there. Like I've seen them do it. They've given me a model. So I became a young life leader uh, I was a volunteer Young Life leader all through college, uh, and obviously I fell in love with it. I mean, it, it did become the thing that I would skip classes to do, and, and the th- really the only thing that I cared about much when I was in college besides dating my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife yet, but would be. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about when I realized, like, man, this is the thing that I that I feel called by God to do. Um Man, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Yeah. I mean, it all comes in stride. I mean, I feel like, you know, a lot of times it just starts. And this, that's why I use the bucket and cup analogy. Like, it always kind of starts with this kind of overarching thing that you just, like, love and you put time into. Like, Young Life was that. Um, and I guess really what we want to dive into, and Bink kind of shared it into his story, and, and Brennan gave us a sneak peek into his, and I did a little bit into mine. Is like, when did that passion did you become focused enough to realize, hey, I have a direction in this from God and, like, there is a purpose here that I can't abandon? Um, and, you know, whether or not it's Young Life as a whole, I think inside of Young Life there's something that is really, really important to you that God's put in your heart to say, hey, this is the thing that I want you to be spending your time here on earth doing. Um, and, and I think, too, the common theme here, what we're seeing um, with where we're, we're, we're at now is that at the center, like what you're saying in the bucket, the bottom line is that it's that purpose is Jesus, you know, and then it's that progression of passion. Like I think of Adam, you know, and and the way he's impacted me in my life where I could see that, okay, he's very passionate about young life, but there's something else that's driving you. You know, he wanted me to become a young life leader and he pursued me 
you know, to become a young life. I'm not even one of the kids, you know, I'm all, I'm, you know, I'm one of the, you know, yeah. one of the saves, you know, with him, yeah. but he pursued me because he's passionate about kids coming to know Jesus in young life, you know, and young life is his passion. And even if he was doing something else, I think he'd be passionate in that. But at the central, like what I could see where I was like, I was, I was uh, drawn in by him to be his co-leader you know, which he runs the show, <laughs> is that at his core is that he loves Jesus. Yeah. You know, and so I think, I don't know if there is a specific moment, Adam, you know, that you were like, hey, you know, this this is my passion. Um, it probably developed. But um, I, I can definitely see where my moment, you know, with you where I was like, okay, you know, first time I did say no to him. But when he came back, I was like, okay, you know what? I can consider this, and it's because of what was at his core and what I yeah. share with him at my core. Yeah, and I think maybe the even better way to phrase the question is when did you decide you wanted to make it a career, you know? Because <laughs> you're, I mean, yep. paid by Young Life staff, which mm-hmm. means that's what you do. I mean, we, you know, Bink and I volunteer, but we do much less work than you do in terms of actual work for Young Life. So when was that What something you wanted to do as a career? So it, it was in a McDonald's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually one of the it, this you, McDonald's was the, one of the places where I fell asleep in my in car. There? Did you see Brennan um, there getting a there's Coke, a Coke Zero? Good chance I was there. <laughs> it's a really junky McDonald's in Jackson, Tennessee. It does not stop me. At all. <laughs> I've been through Jackson a few times. Well, hey, this is right off the interstate, so actually yeah. you probably have been right there. off to the right there. I know exactly. You get off the off ramp, there it is. He's been there, guys. You had a fifty-fifty um, shot. Yeah. All right, so. You were in a McDonald's. Yes, I was in a McDonald's. Um, but I got to back the story up. So when I was in college, there was this kid named Travis, um, who was one of one of my young life guys, like one of the high schoolers who I was friends with. And really, that whole friendship is kind of a memory that I look back on, and like this is defining. Like this is when I felt um, a call to something specific, like this specific ministry. Um, so I, mean, I remember the first time I met Travis, it was in the parking lot of his high school. I was literally just like bumming around, like looking for people to get to know. Um, as young life leaders do. Yeah, as young it's life tough, leaders man. do. And I just jumped into the passenger seat of his car. I was like younger and bolder back then, maybe. Um, I literally just jump in the passenger seat of his car and we start to talk. I remember there was a dip can in the console. This was a very redneck high school. Uh, and I, I'm like, oh, is that yours? And he's like, oh, no, it's my friends. They left it in here, uh, which is just classic, obviously a lie. Yeah, like, classic answer. Um, obviously a lie. So, yeah, we ended up starting to do a Bible study after we became friends that he dipped in every single time. It was definitely his kid. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was the start of me and Travis's friendship. He would come to my college all the time. And we would play racquetball. Um, I mean, I lived in a, in, a, in a house with a bunch of roommates. He would come over and watch movies. Spent a ton of time with this kid. I can remember – you know, a lot of moments like that of just like, this is a, this is a lot of friendship here. Um, so Travis was not a person who followed Jesus. I mean, he was a pretty, he wasn't in crisis in the sense that I was in high school, but he was not following Jesus. He was doing his own thing. Um, the moment I'm talking about in the McDonald's, it's the first time that I ever was like able to share the gospel with him. Uh, and I still remember like the, the verse that I read to him. It's the verse where the curtain tears in the temple at the exact same moment that Jesus dies, like destroying the barrier between God and people, that that's what his death on the cross accomplished. And the curtain tearing is, is obviously showing that. Um, yeah. He had never heard that. Um, I mean, he had grown up in the South, and, like, he was familiar with the idea of Jesus dying for his sins, 
but that was about it. Uh, you know, like a, a tagline in a bad country song. Um, <laughs> but sitting in this McDonald's at like 11 o'clock, this really junky McDonald's. Wow. Um, yeah, it's the first time I heard that story. So, not to say that everything about his life changed that day, but uh, he did end up following Jesus over time, and, and right now he got super involved in Inglewood, which is a big Baptist church in Jackson. Uh, he ended up marrying a girl who's on staff at Inglewood. He leads a Bible study right now on Sunday nights at his house. They're going through the book of James, and like I'll get text messages from him you know, asking about my thoughts on this question or that question or whenever he's planning the outlines. Um, so that whole friendship, but specifically that moment in that McDonald's, I can look back on that of like a moment when I realized, man, I am made to do this. Like even specifically evangelism, like trying to share the gospel with someone for the first time. And then high schoolers. I mean, like when I think about my high school experience and how much it was like an in crisis thing, and I washed up in Young Life for a reason because it's a ministry that's designed to attract those kinds of kids um, who I feel called to because it's the kind of kid that I was in high school. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that, Adam. I, I appreciate it. I think that's such a great story about kind of finding your purpose and passion. Sure. And I mean, it's very applicable, right? I mean, it's everything we've been talking about, and it's um, kind of finished out, and I feel like... Um, it's fun to do the do it alongside... Yeah, you too. That's definitely true. Yeah. It's also fun all to three, watch. All, all three of y'all. It's fun to watch somebody. Yeah, we do have a great team, guys. We do have a great team. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. But it's fun to watch somebody that has really found their purpose in life and do it to the full um, and do it really, really well. Um, so, Adam, thanks again for sharing. Um, thank you all for joining us today um, and, and talking about passion and purpose, Brennan. I, I think. I'm going to have you close this out if that's all right. No, that's totally fine. Um, I, I, uh, we've been talking a lot today, and I love it. Um, but we got to close out Passion and Purpose, and I wanted you to also share just the finish to your story. I think we, we left off with uh, your interviews and trying to figure out what you wanted to do, and you started getting into coaching, and I wanted you to kind of wrap up that section um, and just share a little bit about why coaching has become um, really purpose for you um, over the last – Golly, what, 11 years of coaching? Something yeah, like I, yeah, this is year 12, I think, which Jeez, is that's amazing, insane. Um, but, yeah, I think last week I think we started, you know, about 19 interviews and Excel Aquatics was, like, number 20, and you're just, you know, you're you're sitting there and you're waiting for for something to happen, and it's it's draining. I mean, it's it's human to, to you know, feel like, you know, maybe this isn't the path that, that God has me on, and, and what is my purpose? And, you know, it's it, it, the funny thing is, is with this conversation that we're having, and, and I think I think your analogy is so good here, because I think whether you're a young life leader or you work in real estate or coaching, I think our main purpose is, is to live as Christ-like as we can, right? And, and I think whether it's, whether it's Dan and Adam's life or Adam and Travis's life or... or, or Adam and Bink's life or whoever it may be or Bink and my own, I think we, we all kind of start, like we start with this empty bucket. Like you said, passion is, is drained. And then I think, I think God puts these people and these events into our life, whether it's 20 job interviews or, you know, you, you know, waking up to a thousand text messages or whatever else that slowly fill you up, which is, I mean, like I said, getting back to what our real purpose is. I mean, my coaching job is temporary. You know, your young life 
leader job is temporary. This real estate is temporary. Our purpose is to live like Christ. And I think, like I said, that's where your bucket analogy is so good, honestly, because I think I'm excited about the bucket. analogy. yeah, roll, like, roll with it, <laughs> roll with it. I mean, I know this is like our last part of, of this topic, but just kind of sitting and listening to these stories, thinking about my own story and, and listening to, to Adam's story, which is incredible. I think it really shows you and gets you back to the center of that. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a perfect close out to our section. I think. Thanks, after guys. All, yeah, uh, thank you, guys. Seriously, uh, you guys carried us today, and and I think after all of this, we can we can say without a shadow of a doubt that I think ideally we want to get to a point where our purpose is to live like Christ. I think that was perfectly said, Brendan, because it doesn't matter what we're doing, where we're at, where we're putting our Hallelujah. time. Hallelujah. <laughs> where we're putting our time. I think that's where it needs to get back to. Um, and so, and I think community, like being said, is, plays such a big role in that. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, hopefully you enjoyed uh, our story and Adam's story. Adam, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we can have you on soon. Yeah, I'd love to be in here. Thanks for having Br- me. Brennan, I'm sure you'll sneak back on eventually. We'll Always. see. Always. Special guest. Unlocked. Special guest, Brennan. Uh, Cody Zero, Brennan. Anyways, uh, thank you guys. See you next time.